everyone and welcome to Almost Cancelled. I am Peter and I'm joined by Tara for episode one of season one of Watchmen from HBO. The title of this episode is It's Summer and We're Running Out of Ice. So we will start spoiler free because this is in episode one and we'll warn you somewhere in the middle before we go into spoilers. Don't worry about that. Uh, so this is obviously based on the famous comic book by Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons. Although notably, if you're paying attention in the credits, only Dave Gibbons got credited <laughs> for it. Yep, not the first time that's happened. Yeah, it said co-created by Dave Gibbons. I'm like, co who's the other one then? If it was co-created, that's <laughs> to be at least one other person. Uh, so Alan Moore, notoriously angry at people for using his stuff. Um, so everyone, and this is obviously from David, da da sorry, Damien Lindel then Linda Damien Lindelof. There you go. I got it out eventually. Uh, he of course worked on Lost, and he worked more notably perhaps here. Oh, and The Leftovers, which was another HBO show, it ran for three seasons, uh, which I did watch, I did enjoy. Uh, me and Connor reviewed all three seasons of that. It was a very, very good, well-written show uh, once it got going. Uh, so we knew going into this that it was a sequel of some sort, that it was set after the events of Watchmen. You know, it's set 2019, so it's just, you know, it's like 30-something years after. Um, right, a Basically, basically, Watchmen happened around us being born slash being toddlers, and uh, we are the age of the time gap that has happened. Yes. I said we. <laughs> so, Tara, <laughs> now, I I've read Watchmen, of course, I'll just I'll throw that out there. Um, obviously, I, I run a DC Comics uh, podcast, so I'd be, I'd be weird if I hadn't read Watchmen. Uh, Tara, <laughs> uh, I know you have, but just tell the audience how much you, you've, you've read Watchmen and so on. Yeah, I read Watchmen many years ago, and uh, I read it a couple times because I really liked it and was really impressed by it. And uh, in anticipation for the film that came out back in 2009, yep. I think I read it a second time. Ten years old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Take flies. Um, yeah, and uh, yes, yeah, so I, I've read them a couple times, and I just sort of reread it right before the the show started explain what really yeah explain what <laughs> sort of means for the audience tara so i have a blu-ray of the um the motion comic which <laughs> is about five and a half hours is that how long it so, is instead of reading it i just watched that i, I didn't realize it was that long jeez <laughs> every episode's like 25 minutes and there's 12 of them oh so yeah it's literally just every issue yeah one by one yeah. okay that's cool uh so no, uh, no, I'm a big fan of the book as well. It's a very well-written book. Um, you know, sometimes it gets put in this pedestal for being the be-all and end-all of, like, comic books ever, but it kind of earned that space, even if it's not necessarily entirely true. Yeah. So... And it's so, like, in a bottle, you know? It's it's just on its own. I mean, I, I know there is, like, a Doomsday Clock series or something that happened recently. I don't know anything about that. Apparently there are Watchmen characters in it, but it's it's just its own little nice package that you can read on its own yeah it's not intimidating like detective comets 894 or something <laughs> i didn't interest you in more uh, non-superhero comics because a lot of them are like that but um yeah now watchman's very good and it's very satirical of comic books and what was frustrating about Watchmen sometimes is that people take the wrong messages from it. And I think one of the f interesting things about this first episode of Watchmen is the Rorschach-inspired uh, gang, the, the Cavalry Seven, or the Seventh Cavalry, I think it was referred to, um, mm -hmm. which are basically white supremacists who are all wearing Rorschach masks. And what I think is wonderful about that is that 
Rorschach's a character who everyone loves, but some people don't love him for the right reasons. It's kind of the same thing with Taxi Driver and stuff like that, where some people love it without really realizing the satire about it or what makes the character mm. uh, intricate. And in the case with Rorschach, it's like, yes, he is a badass who's beating people up, but he is a nut job and his his sense of right and wrong is to a fault where he is beating people up for things that they should never be, you know, at least not to that extreme degree. He's, he's a psychopath. And the idea that, you know... Yeah, but the world kind of made him one. Don't, don't give him get-out clauses. But the, the whole idea that an extreme, <laughs> extremist group is using his, his image and manipulating it for, them, for their, their own gain, it, it just it reminds me of the sort of people who may misinterpret what Rorschach was really about, or they just thought Rorschach was the good guy and he shouldn't have died. They're claiming it. Like, yeah. They're claiming it for themselves. Yeah. He, he, he should have won because Rorschach was the coolest. And it's like, well, no, Rorschach, I mean, Rorschach was a cool character, but he was cool for a lot of really interesting reasons that weren't just he's a badass. And, mm-hmm. you know, he was fighting for the right things. No, he was, it was more... It was more it was more difficult than that. It was it was harder to to break down than that. So yeah, it seems like in this case they're using Warshak as uh, anti-government propaganda symbol. Um, yeah, kind he, of. Yeah, it, it, he's more of like the um, conspiracy theorist leader. It seems for this. Yeah, um, yeah. Obviously, Warshak himself is nowhere to be found because again, obviously, we're not doing spoilers for. Uh, the episode yet but I mean we are probably going to have spoilers to mention for Watchmen. Yeah, spoilers for the original <laughs> story if you've not read it or, or whatever uh, or at least seen the movie um, so Rorschach's dead Rorschach was, was poofed he was vaporized by Dr. Manhattan mm-hmm. and he's not existing so this is just people and I like the idea that if Rorschach was around he would probably find these people and break their face for using his image They'd, he'd, he would hate it or one finger at a time <laughs> yes yeah. he, he would destroy them brutally um so the general premise of the first episode is that a police officer, and there's a lot of interesting things to talk about how their police function, which we'll get to in a little bit, but a police officer mm-hmm. is murdered by a member of the, the 7th Cavalry, the Rorschach uh, sort of group, and it becomes about sort of trying to track down the culprits behind this. And that, it basically, it, it leads, it's, it's there to introduce us to a lot of different characters. Uh, Angela, Regina, uh, Regina King's character, who's kind of our, our main character, or closest to it at the very least, uh, as well as the chief of police, Judd, and uh, a few others kind of sprinkled throughout. And just, it, it sets up some of the basics of what the world is uh, right now. Because obviously, even if you've read Watchmen, it's like, well, what is the world 35 years later? Well, this is kind of just establishing that. Uh, not everything yet, but a fair chunk of it to get our, 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 our feet wet and kind of get the ball rolling. And yeah, so, I mean... That's what it, that's what it does. And well, what do you, what do you think about that premise though of it being thirty years in the future, knowing how the Watchmen ends? I think it had to be set after. I, I think because because in the comics they actually did like a series called Before Watchmen. They did a series of prequel books that came out, and everyone was like, ah, oh, and this was the first time anyone had done anything with Watchmen since the original book. You know, so so it was blasphemy. Yeah, it was like, well, no, you can't add to Watchmen. Watchmen's a complete perfect story. You know, like. <laughs> Whatever. So, when they did the whole revelation like a few years ago that Watchmen was going to lead to Doomsday Clock and it was this thing that was integrating with DC characters, that the, the Manhattan had an effect on like you know Batman and Superman's world. Everyone was was mm-hmm. kind of freaking out, but it wasn't as bad as it would have been if, if before Watchmen hadn't already happened because that was the first time that someone did something. And it was like a series of minis that, uh, it, but it was all before, so it was like early days of Comedian, early days of Ozymandias, early days of the Minutemen and so on and so on. Um... And I never read those because I was like, eh, I don't really need 
uh, prequel stuff. Um, you know, prequels in general is an idea. So you have to really convince me to get on board with that. Uh, a sequel really? set this this far later, where it can be whatever they want it to be. Because the problem with a prequel is that it has to kind of still lead into what uh, what we know as the story. This can yeah. do whatever it wants. This this can just take it in a direction. It can do interesting things. It can tie it into the modern day stuff. Because the big thing about Watchmen, of course, was how it tied into the politics of the time and how Nixon was a big part of it. And uh, the, you know the idea of the the minutes to midnight kind of and superheroes representing not only actual superhero characters and being a satire of those, but also nuclear weapons because there was the the, the tail end of the Cold War and and, and so on and so mm-hmm. on. Um, and it's definitely clear in this this show right from the get go that we are tackling political subjects. Uh, we are ta- we are oh big time. We are tackling uh, gun control. We are tackling uh, you know race and and all all the intricacies of that. Police uh, shooting. Police shootings. Yeah. Although a lot of it's kind of flipped on its head and it's kind of doing different things with it because again we're in an alternate world. We're not in our world. We're in Watchmen's universe. Right. We're, no, we're in the Watchmen's future. Yeah. So. Matt Rushmore has Nixon on it. Yeah, Matt Rushmore has Nixon on it. Oh, there was a few things in the background like that that really uh, like made me laugh. Uh, although my yeah, favorite, yeah, yeah, I I was like when I heard that um, that HBO had acquired the rights to make the the Watchmen series, I thought they were just going to do the Watchmen again. Just adapt it, why yeah. would you? It's already a perfect story. Like, why not make it a twelve part miniseries? But. Um, I was really surprised that we were going into the future when we saw that first trailer. But I also was very intrigued by that idea because the way that Watchmen comic ends is that there's a huge sacrifice made in order to bring around world peace. So what would that civilization look like? But something gets in the way of that, which is Rorschach's journal. So, yeah, really... um, Yeah, so I'm really, (laughs) really excited about the series in general. And I think the first episode's off to a pretty good start, and not where I expected it to go at all. Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's starting off fairly slow. It's it's not like I mean, not that it was a slow paced episode. Just I just mean that it's not like getting to everything right away. It's it's just introducing like because it, it mainly focuses on just Angela, her surrounding characters, and mm-hmm. just the main conflict right now. There's one scene of uh of uh, of Vite, of a. Uh, Jeremy Irons, that's, that's what I was, I was trying to think of his name. Oh, Jeremy yeah, Irons, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, you know, there's one scene of him sort of interesting his side of things, but for the most part, it's pretty focused and it interests all these little things and we get a sense of the world. My favorite, my favorite line of dialogue in this, which I don't think, well, maybe, yeah, I'll save it for spoilers. I'll save it for spoilers, but um, <laughs> I, it caught me off guard and I was not expecting it. Um, I also like the first episode. I think it is great that it's doing its own thing and it's being, you know, Lindelof's trying to make his version of Watchmen for this relevant in 2019. And what I think is neat is that it's kind of cool that it's a sequel to a comic book that came out 30 plus years ago and it presumably has to work for everyone who's not read that book because, you know, right. like like not everyone has like let's be honest comic book readers are a lot smaller in terms of numbers than people who watch hbo that's just the truth sure and well i'm sure most people have who are watching the show have watched the movie at least unfortunately but yes Um. (laughs) (laughs) yeah i agree the movie itself is not it should be great because it's so faithful to the comic book like even actually but to the panels but it, there's something that when it translates to the screen that is a bit soulless. I, I, I don't know exactly. No, I agree. It's soulless is a good word. And I'll tell you, we just recently on something, it may have been the top 50 thing we did recently. Um, 
I think it was because I think that's when Psycho came up. But I told I was talking to you about Psycho and how the remake tried to recreate it for a shot for shot, and it just felt mm-hmm. like soulless because like that's not how filmmaking works is that you it evolves and you change things in the edit to make things work or you you shuffle things around you know it's an art form right um same difference here just taking the comic and doing it panel for panel does not make a good film because it mm-hmm. it just it, you get the visuals to a point but it doesn't actually have the soul or understand what made it work in the first place when i watch when i watch that movie watch it's been a while admittedly but when i watched that movie it felt like Zack Snyder, who I have a lot of problems with when it comes to him adapting stuff from comic books. He's <laughs> hit or miss for me. I'm not as anti-Zack Snyder as you are. Oh, 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 oh. I know. Uh, it's not even like the non-adaptation stuff's good either. Sucker Punch is like one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. Never seen it. Oh, it's terrible. But you get the feeling that someone who thinks the comic's cool but doesn't really understand why it's love, doesn't understand why it's as, as uh, lauded as it is. And I feel, right. I feel, I feel like you, you sense that when you're watching the movie. And I think what this show's doing that's interesting is that I'm feeling little bits of Watchmen here or there. I'm feeling things that feel kind of Watchmen-y. You know, like, mm-hmm. they didn't go nuts with costumes, but just a guy wearing, like, a, a silver kind of shiny mask. It feels very Watchmen-y on its own. In a kind of yeah. more low-key way. Um, the satire elements, all those things coming in. But at the same time, there's all these little references to stuff that happened in the in the past. Like, the... Mm-hmm kind of creep up squid talk squid talk or (laughs) stuff on the news but at the same time it's also filling in that this uh other alternate history that's happened in the last 30 years um i i i got really confused at one point when someone said like the the redford aid or something like that and i was like yeah the the what now (laughs) and i'm like oh robert redford was president at one point okay that's interesting all right we'll we'll shake the shaking things up uh, and the racists really hate him because he was super liberal and, and progressive. So, you know, like, you know, it's building all this stuff up. And, like, right from the get-go, the opening scene in the... Because the opening scene set in the past. It's like a flashback, which I assume is an origin story for a certain character that kind of pe- peeks in later. What mm-hmm. I think is interesting about that is I was wondering if that would actually become the show's... Because, uh, you know, the comic book has the, uh, the Black Freighter, uh, like, sort of comic book that pops in. And it's its own little mini story kind of sprinkled throughout. I was wondering if those flashbacks might continue like every episode and that would be kind of the show's version of that uh, where you'd get mm. the story of this kid. Uh, I won't say any more for now for spoiler sake, but um, I don't know. I, I, I may be completely wrong, but uh, I, considered, maybe. I considered that. Maybe it is a real case. event. It's not like an alternate history event. Oh yeah, the actual like attack, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean like the journey of this kid, like in sure you know what he goes on with the baby yeah with the baby so um that's interesting Uh, admittedly i mean i i mean i didn't necessarily recognize the attack it's not not a part of history i've ever uh, learned about but um i I mean i'll be straight up i had to look it up as well i don't know if i learned about it in school school was kind of a long time ago but also i went to school in canada (laughs) (laughs) yeah we didn't we didn't um study a lot of american history uh in, in mm-hmm. school certainly not that sort of stuff um we just we did study uh kind of like what racism was like in america in like the 50s and 60s and um, that wasn't in history though that was actually in like moral studies that was like just learn about the world and which relevant because mm-hmm. that was also the class we got like uh, religious education and I, th- I thought the race stuff and like, learning about that was far more relevant and useful and impactful to our young minds than the religion stuff well, was. I mean, but... I did I did look up the event and one of the things it said on there is that this is not something that was really talked about. Mm. Um 
even in schools or in in Missouri itself, they don't really talk about it. Or Oklahoma, excuse me. Oklahoma, so yeah. Oklahoma, right? Tulsa. Yes. Yeah, I think it said Tulsa. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we'll get we'll get into the details of that uh, in, in a bit. But now overall, I'm 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 into it so far. I I think it. Uh, well, and another thing I'll say is really good. Uh, Trent Reznor of Nine Inch Nails does the music for this, and the music is pretty bitching. <laughs> like there's a, there's a lot of yeah, local well, you know songs, what when you get Trent but, Reznor, so. but there's a lot of like pulsing kind of you know industrial stuff. Uh, there's yeah. like some firefights that you know there's sort of rather some build up to some firefights they have this like and i'm like i liked all the oklahoma music i'm a big fan of rogers and hammerstein so it was nice i i don't know any i wasn't expecting to be able to sing along to a watchman episode maybe maybe next week they'll give me something i can sing along to maybe they'll play the hand that feeds or something yeah I can I can sing to that, but like maybe they'll have like a a grunge episode or something. There'll be Nirvana playing or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, uh, no, but the episode I, I thought the episode was pretty solid, and it's very much done its own thing. I, I think if you're someone who does hate the idea of anyone doing anything related to Watchmen, and that's including you, Alan Moore, who I know somewhere in the the, the Moors. Uh, there's there's a there's a shirtless Alan Moore howling into the night with that giant beard. Just, ooh, just just. He probably looks like cousin it right now. <laughs> Hair down to the ground. Yeah. Hiding in a sewer. If I, I didn't read it, but I saw a headline. <laughs> to, papers all over the walls. Yeah, I didn't actually read the article, but I saw a headline earlier today. Apparently, Lindelof said in an interview he believes Alan Moore's put a hex on him. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, that sounds very believable, to be honest. <laughs> Yeah, I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, let's, uh, let's get to spoilers then. So full spoilers for episode one of Watchmen. Uh, so uh, in fact, before we go on, Tara, why don't you tell everyone at home about what they can do to support us? Sure, yeah. If you like what we do or if you're new to the channel and want to see more bonuses that we offer, um, it's patreon.com slash TV. You can donate as low as a dollar and you'll get bonus episodes of other shows we do including the ace the atomic cinema experiment it's our science fiction movie review show so check it out there you go uh so yeah uh, so we opened with this this event in the past uh, do you happen to know what year it was 1921 there you go um that sounds right actually because the character later on says he's 105 five they'd be old die older than that then right no, no 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 that means he's five in this flashback right yeah, he wasn't born in twenty one. Yeah, right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, I'm, 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 mis- I'm misnumbering things. Uh, so, yeah. So we see him. They're in a, uh, a silent movie theater, and his mother is the pianist. Who's because this was back when they had a pianist playing along with the movie because there was no audio tracks mm-hmm. or sound playback yet uh, with movies. And there's this attack. The KKK come in. I'm assuming that's exactly who it is. I mean, if it's a specific regiment, and obviously I don't know about it, but. Um, they're coming in. and I want to point out here there was a line that I really liked that came up a little bit later um, after the police uh, was mur- the policeman was murdered and uh, Judd mm-hmm. the police chief was, was told about it and he, you know, he, he comes out of the Oklahoma uh, production and he goes to the wife of the cop and 
there's a line there that I really liked that felt like it was kind of intentionally harkening back to this opening attack uh, where he's trying to like, comfort the wife and he's saying, you know, your husband will be better, you know, I, I care about him. And she's obviously just very upset and mad right now. And he says, yeah, I, I know what you're thinking. F you and the horse you rode in. I don't know. There's a really interesting, the, the way he phrased that uh, to make it, you know, like, I don't know, there's a nice little connective tissue there. Mm-hmm. Um about that it was it was kind of like it was he was offering a branch it's like yeah i know i'm the white guy in charge and i know you may not necessarily believe anything i'm saying right now but i don't know there was, there was a nice thing there anyway so he, uh, so the, so his parents this kid's parents like have to like sort of like you know hide him and like sort of run around and try and get to this this cart so they so that he can get uh, this carriage rather so they can they can sneak him out of the town and get him to some form of safety uh and it's a very dangerous thing there's literally bullet holes coming in the 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 the, the the carriage as he's in because he's, he's, he's like hiding in like mm-hmm. a sort of crate or a box or something in the back of this and there's like a bullet hole at one point and he actually looks through the bullet hole and you just see people being dragged and and burned and it's, it's, it's absolutely Pretty awful yeah it's, it's, it's just despicable stuff in front of him and he's so young to see this and I, honestly and i was thinking as i was watching this i was like could this is this a character that's in watchman like is this the, the origin of someone who i already know from the book and i don't think it is but it was something that i was thinking about yeah, well, we don't really I don't think we have any, uh, like, the Minutemen, I'm pretty sure we're all white, unless the Hooded Justice was black, and we we don't yeah. know, I guess, because he's never been unmasked. Yeah, no, it may not be that he's he's anyone, it was just, that's where my mind was going, I was thinking about it, I was like, oh, is this someone that I know from the book? Is this someone that could, could show up? Right, uh, right. But, uh, of course, his parents eventually get killed, you know, because the, 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 the carriage gets turned over, and, and when they get attacked at some point in the road... And he gets out and he finds a baby. And there was a note that his father put in his pocket that just said, take care of this boy. Um, and he puts it back in his pocket. And he finds this baby and he, he kind of walks off into the into the night as it were. And that's, you know, that's our opening scene. It's this, this despicable kind of very act. And obviously, like, okay, we're, we're getting political very quickly here. We're clearly not shying away from these, these harsh themes. And right. I'm like, this is going to be very important, of course, going forward. Although it's not ed- evidently clear for most of the episodes how it even lines up with anything. Uh, there's obviously one character, there's an old man who's 105 in a wheelchair, who our fair assumption at this point is that he's this kid in, in 2019. Because you know, like, he still has the note. Yes, because he still has the note. Um, and he may have superpowers because he, he at least claims that he can lift 200 pounds. Uh, which, given that he's a frail old man who's 105 years old in a wheelchair is a bold claim yeah very bold and i mean apparently this attack was um might have been considered like the the worst uh race attack in history like something like 100 to 300 um black people were murdered and uh i think it was interesting to see like to open up with this um for the Watchmen series. Certainly not something I thought we were going to be tackling. I thought most of the show was going to be about uh, police brutality and why they hide behind masks. Um, and but, there's, uh, there's definitely elements of that in, in here in, in, a, in a way, uh, but it's not the sole focus by any means. I, I think, I'm not surprised it's, it's focusing a lot on race. I think mainly because as soon as they, because when they hired um, uh, Regina to play Angela, mm-hmm. And because they specifically said that she was the lead, right? It wasn't like she's part of an ensemble. She is the lead. And sure, all the characters are going to be important, but she is definitely, so far as at least as well, in terms of actually watching the show, mm-hmm. feels like the lead character. 
And as soon yeah, as definitely. and as soon as they did that, I, I kind of assumed that race was going to play into things uh, thematically. It, it, it just not that it needs to because you've got a black main character, but it just given that Watchmen does tackle political issues, it just it felt very. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, and America has a very unfortunate and <laughs> problematic history with race. So yeah, of course we're going to tackle it. Like that's it's clear now. And uh, I'm I'm really excited about where the show is going because of it. And I think uh, it's cool that the kid, when the silent movie he was watching was about a black sheriff who is looked up upon by all the white community and is looked at as a hero. And our hero is a cop. Yeah. A black cop. So. Yeah, it's just this kind of fantasy thing for him. Like, you know, <laughs> at, at the time, this was probably not something that was ever seen, or at least if it was, it was very rare in America. And, you know, it, it goes from him watching this dream of you know being respected as like a, a hero to everyone uh to be having mm-hmm. to hide and dodging bullets because racists are killing everyone and then we come to such a th- th- this next scene like the opening scene in present day is is so well what well, probably the best directed scene of the whole episode i thought um mm. we have this guy in a truck um this this white guy. I mean, I, I can't need to point out who everyone's race is now as we're going because it, it, for a lot of it is quite relevant. So we have this white guy mm-hmm. in a truck who is, um, you know, it, it looks like he's a bit of a hillbilly, right? He's 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 got a pickup he's truck. He's listening to some um, some pretty hardcore rap though. That's pretty cool. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yes, he was listening to some rap on the radio, um, yeah. and he's you know he's drinking out of it looks like a fast food cup but i mean when the cop pulls him over he's like what are you drinking and i'm like yeah it could be something else in there like he may have just filled it with anything but um but you know so a policeman pulls him over and he comes up and we knew from like the, the photos before from before the show came out that the, the policeman all wore these yellow masks but i think what's interesting here is that the policeman was black and we have this this policeman mm-hmm. who's pulled him over and even though this guy there is something a little fishy about him to us as the audience. He, f- he feels a little bit like something's up. At the same time, it's a very intense... The way it's shot is very intense and very much on his side. Where you, never see the pol- even, you don't even see the policeman's mask because the, the light is shining right in his, the camera to us. We, yeah, we it can't looks like a present anything. day scene. Yeah, and it feels... In our world. And it feels very intrusive. It feels very kind of like he's asking all these questions, some of, some of which are not kind of normal, but some of them aren't. Like Some of them are very specific to the Watchmen universe. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, eventually asked for his license and registration and whatnot. But some of the questions he's asking felt a little bit more specific, and it felt like a little bit more authoritarian. I'll say it right. Authoritative. Yeah, more or less. Thank you. That'll go. But it did feel kind of intimidating, like 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 because this guy, because he feels like the type of guy who would mouth off to a cop right he feels the type of guy who yeah. would drunkenly mouth off but he's not he's been very polite he's keeping his hands on the wheel he's playing it very by the book and mm-hmm. it made me think that the police are more feared and maybe that's because i'd seen all the masks on the promo stills that look kind of scary like they're, they're all wearing masks that's kind of creepy sure right keep cops anonymous right. it, to me made me think that they can get away with stuff yeah, that, that, exactly. They have more power now. And then another thing, obviously, because we're dealing with the world that's had superheroes, is the obvious like the parallel with superheroes having Actually, secret identities. Like, now cops are the superheroes. Yeah, they have secret identities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But then it kind of flips because you know he sees like in his glove box at one point, uh, you know what looks like a, a Rorschach mask, and he takes his license and that back to his vehicle and he calls it in. And he's like, "Hey, I think I saw uh, a Rorschach mask in this guy's truck." Um, 
uh, permission to uh, you know take my weapon and I'm like wait what and we find out that all the cops like guns at least on regular patrol are in these locked like mechanisms that only open when it's approved by the higher ups so he has to go all the way back to his car uh, request a weapon it, it convinces his superior that he needs it and then it doesn't work the first time he presses it and it takes like extra amount of time and yeah. I, I was like sitting here thinking like this is like this is so complex with what it's actually saying to me here because it's the, really yeah it's really well done because and the, I, I love the fact that when he like shows up at the window too he has mm. to tell the guy he pulled over that they're being recorded that mm. he has a body cam on and like it's it seems like almost the not too distant future for for us with technology but the, the weird thing is here is that I, I'm, I'm looking at this this scene and like what it's telling me and it almost feels like like it's like how, look how much this is this is uh putting the cop in danger by him having to go through all this hassle to get his weapon is, is this being oddly pro weapons and like pro like is, is this like trying to stick up for police who because undoubtedly we have a pro there's a problem right now and always has been you know maybe it's just more documenting now but uh with police brutality and police just taking their guns out and shooting people who should not be shot right that is an ongoing thing and particularly when we're talking about race right because mm-hmm. every time i see a headline policeman kills a teenager or something before i click in the article i say i wonder what race that person was i click in the article and every single time yeah every single time it's exactly what i thought it was so i'm so i'm, I'm thinking i'm looking at this scene i'm like what is this saying but it's also flipped the race of, of of the characters right because it's not the person in the truck that's black in this this scenario it's it's the cop mm-hmm and it's the cop that's in danger again, and I, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about like this scene's doing a lot of complex things. It's, oh yeah, it's flipping everything is, around. Is, is really playing with race, and like even our main characters have kids mm. that are not the same race as them, and it's mm-hmm. like I guess they could be adopted, but I, I don't know what they're trying to say exactly yet. Oh, I'm, I'm sure they are adopted. Like <laughs> I mean, I think. It's... Well, yeah, I mean. Sure they, are they could be adopted i'm pretty it's sure curious. it's a curious choice and i'm waiting to see that storyline go forward as well like well even even later so, uh, her son because she's doing like a uh angela's doing like she, she's because she's a retired cop to the public because now cops don't let people know they're cops right it's, it's actually against the rules to let anyone other than your spouse or your i presume your i assume your kids are okay too if they're old enough but um they're not allowed to know that that's what you do. Uh, so she's, you know, and the face of it is a is a baker. Uh, she has a bakery that's not opened yet. And she's doing like a show and tell thing at school. She's committed one of her son's class. They've got three kids, if I counted right. Uh, and she's in her son's class and she's doing like a, hey, this is how you make a cake or whatever. And uh, I, I know you were sitting cringing because she was using eggs. cookies from Vietnam. There were cookies from Vietnam, which is a state, of course, uh, in Watchmen Universe. Yes. Uh, after the Vietnam War, uh, Vietnam. Well, once you have Dr. Manhattan in Vietnam War. Yeah. It became it became we the well. I, we can I, finally call it a victory. I, I was going to say fifty first state, but I don't actually remember if there's other states in the Watchmen universe. Maybe it's not fifty first. Maybe it's fifty third or something like that. I don't know. Maybe I mean Russia still seems to be its own thing, but there are allies again. Yes, yeah, so there's, there's a Russian superhero on the police force. Uh, well, I say superhero. And her is like a Russian flag. They're just vigilantes. They don't have superpowers. But that that was true in Watchmen as well. But Doctor Manhattan was the only one that really, with the exception of yeah, Doctor Manhattan, that yes. actually had powers. Uh, but yeah, and he's obviously his name is Red something. He's the Red something, of course. Yes, Red uh, Scare. Red Scare. That's what it was. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> and also, my favorite panda. 
I, I, I lost my shit. See, see when, see, because they're having this big <laughs> I meeting, not right? And, and Judd says, all right, uh, and this, again, this is this idea that because this uh, 7th Cavalry is on the streets again, because they thought they were gone, it's like, okay, we're going to authorize weapons for everyone. And he says, Panda, authorize the weapons. And it just cuts to this guy in a panda mask. <laughs> it's like a full like disney hel- helmet also, it's not it's not just a mask oh but but the best part about it is that he's, he's wearing like a normal suit you know for his clothes it's just it's just the headdress it's a big headdress yeah. but it's just the headdress and it's just a suit so i wonder if panda is like a position maybe yeah like it's always a panda mask along yeah. or if it's uh if this is just his his alias that he has chosen because he happened to have a panda mask. <laughs> I want to know how many takes that took for Don Johnson not to crack a smile when he said that line. I know, right? Because <laughs> it's such an absurd little moment. Uh, so, no, nah, so credit for, for being complex because because the scene ends, of course, where by the time he gets the gun out and he's almost ready to go back out of the car, he just gets shot. The, the guy in the truck has already gotten out, got a machine gun out and just tore into him. And, and, he's, and he's dead. And, like... I, I don't think I'm uh, ready to fully. Not, oh, not dead. Sorry. Dead. So yeah, not dead. Sorry. He goes to the hospital. Um, um, but yeah, I, I don't know if I'm ready to fully analyze this scene. I feel like I need to see more of the show to really get into the 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 intricacies of what it's doing with with its race right? commentary. I mean, he was pulled over seemingly for we don't know exactly why he was pulled over. The line of questioning is a very vague. He asks him what he has in the the trunk. The guy says lettuce. When after he kills the hmm. cop, um, he pulls out lettuce <laughs> and throws it at him. It's uh, mm-hmm. it, it is pretty complex. And you're right. I, I, I'm curious to see where this goes, but I don't really know how to analyze it yet. Yeah, I mean, it could be I'm ready for our first episode, but yeah, <laughs> for I mean, our I, first episode. I, I guess like. I suppose the one way you could look at it is that even when the black person is put in the position of power, seemingly, uh, mm-hmm. it doesn't like the the power still isn't there. Like it, it's still kind of flipped in a, in a way where he's hamstrung by these rules in a way that cops weren't before. Now, obviously, all the cops are dealing with these rules. It's not just him, but in this context we're given in this scene, the imagery that we're having here, uh, that's very mm-hmm. much kind of what we're presented with. Um, but. It's definitely interesting because I actually I sent you a message at the end of the scene and said, "Holy shit! Like I, I, the, the the politics in this are complex. Like I, I don't even know where to begin with it." Um, so yeah. I'm I'm definitely intrigued to see how they develop this further. And the, anyway, so I was saying that it's, 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 we cut to. Well, it's definitely going to have something to say, and yeah, I'm always going to be for that. <laughs> cut, and we, actually, we cut to Angela. I think it's actually after. Um, we we, we cut to Judge first at the Oklahoma play, and then he he comes uh, to see see the cop in the hospital and he goes to the the wife and uh, all that happens before we go to angela um and one interesting bit i'll say about him going to the wife is that he says hey did they tell anyone who he was what he did and she's like no that's against the rules he's like yeah but some people sometimes talk did he tell anyone he's like no he, he said he went to night school he didn't he didn't reveal it and it's like, like okay this is interesting that cops have to hide who they are uh <laughs> and again joda also kind of flips it also flips this idea uh that that uh like bigots for a long time are hiding who they were and they felt more empowered recently to be open with it like there was like it was almost, not that they weren't literally wearing masks but there was like a mask before and it's almost like now the people who are actually trying to protect everyone are having to hide who they are uh mm-hmm. so again it's kind of flipping some conventions on its head and 
and right. doing some different things. I mean, they say it's illegal to to tell people you're a police officer. It's like mm. everybody's a spy. They all have secret identities. Uh, yeah, it's a yeah. You're right. I mean, this line of questioning really says a lot about the background. Mm. And then we, so we get to Angela because she's in the school and she's doing this and she's telling everyone about her past and getting shot and how she was targeted for being a police police officer um, and how she's kind of retired. But she really just became a vigilante who works with a mask uh, alongside the police officers. And this kid says something. This is where the, the Redford aide comes up because he says, oh, did you start your bakery with Redford money? And she's like, excuse me. And we get that it's offensive, but we don't really understand why. I think it's supposed why. to be Reformation. Uh, so we don't even realize that this is her kid yet. This other kid belong here, who's like, who just he just gets up and runs across the classroom and starts beating the shit, or at least trying to beat the shit yeah. out of this kid. <laughs> and we cut to them in the car afterwards, and she's like, "Why'd you hit him?" He's like, "Well, he's a racist shit." And she's like, "Oh, he's not racist. I mean, he's off to a good start." But you know, um, like, so again, the theme is there. It's already there, and the idea that our, even our kids are kind of like paying attention to it and like getting into conflicts about it. Uh, right away oh, obviously picking it up from their parents so yeah, yeah. there are things yeah and, uh, stirring up at home and then it rains squid yeah very unusual which which <laughs> definitely definitely says this is a sequel to the comic and not yeah. uh the movie because the movie changed that detail uh with the ending uh, we didn't get I'm sure people who have never read the comic who are watching the show are very confused. <laughs> <laughs> well, it doesn't. Even, I mean, it's not even like we understand why it's raining. I guess it's well, an no, after effect. We don't either. But yeah. it's, they sort of bring. It, I think maybe it was brought up in the classroom. Transdimensional shifts or something. Oh no! It was later on. It was um. It was during the, the interrogation. Later, one of the questions right, that was right. about um. Do you believe trans? Uh, dimensional. Transdimensional attacks or a conspiracy by the government and i went transdimensional attacks oh baby yeah. where, where we get going with that uh <laughs> i'm into it <laughs> yeah looks like someone's not done with his work yeah um and obviously mm -hmm. in manhattan we see him on mars at one point on the tv just you know his little speck people are watching him yeah, yeah. People still have eyes on him. Yeah, there's, there's probably an entire branch of NASA satellites that are just dedicated to rotating around Mars, or I say rotating, orbiting around Mars, uh, yeah. just to keep an eye on uh, Manhattan. So, because he's like, obviously, the world's biggest threat, because he can just do whatever he wants. and no He's one a can... walking nuclear bomb. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, no, that was really interesting. And she gets this call, uh, what was the code word? It was a uh, Little Bighorn. I wrote that down, because I wouldn't really remember it. Uh, she gets paged that code and she's like, oh shit, I need to go. And that's where we find out she has a costume and she goes to the police station and sits in on this big meeting. Uh, and we hear I a little bit- the costume. Yeah, that costume's cool. It's simple, but cool. Uh, I like the, this manifesto we get of the Rorschachs, the 7th Cavalry, uh, which makes it very clear they are supremacists. It's that simple. There's no mincing words yeah. here. This is what they are. And they are using Rorschach's sort of like uh, brand, if you will, to, as, a, mm -hmm. as, a, as a image for themselves. Uh, they've co-opted right. it. Because so. Rorschach is the symbol of, I think he's he's the symbol of skepticism and anti-government. And uh, they're using, they're just acquiring that part of Rorschach. Yeah. And not I, the whole of Rorschach. Yeah, but I feel like at this point, it's probably more associated with this now, though. Like, like the idea that over time, it's been just completely taken by them kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Um, Definitely. So... Uh, so we find out that she's actually good friends with Judd, the police chief. You know, she's in his office, and she was meant to go to the, the musical with him, and uh, and cancelled. And she's like, "Oh, I've already got a guy in my trunk." <laughs> like, 
you know, like I have someone already that is just a lightly, and she's like, I can, I can tell. What, what was the word she used uh, for for sensing a a supremacist? It was like a bleach. She can bleach. smell smell it like bleach. She yeah. smelled bleach. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's like, well, we put them in the pod, and we we, we briefly saw uh, Tim Blake Nelson's character, Looking Glass. He's the one with the silver mask. Um, cool name, by the way, to go with that mask, because uh, I never got that in yeah. the show. I never, I never caught it at the very least. Uh, but they have this pod. It's almost Clockwork Orange style, where there's all these images appearing all around them um, as he's asking them these questions. And that was where he asked the, the transdimensional question, which was really interesting. And that's where we saw the Nixon Mount Rushmore behind him at one point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was other little things in the background that were popping up that were... There was a Rorschach mask. And... Curious, yeah. Uh, I won't say... Yeah, there were other things that... I kind of want to watch that part again just so I can see. Yeah, go <laughs> I'm not through really it. sure exactly. Go through it uh, frame by frame, all frame by frame. But, you know, something in that realm. But she gets out of the... Or he gets out of the pod, sorry, uh, Looking Glass. And, you know, she's waiting outside as Angela. And she's like, hey, um, so what, what's your what's your theory then? And he's like, yeah, he's definitely one of them. He knows something. Um, even though we all... He, he answered no to every time he was asked if he was associated with them. And... He's like, no, no, he, his bias and all those questions was off the charts and, you know, he's like, pupils were dilating now, no question, he knows something. And she just grabs him and she's actually like, apologizing, like, oh, sorry for the for how I grabbed yeah, you. Yeah, she's was... escorting him out, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and after she apologizes for being too rough with him, she just grabs his head, rams him into a wall and then goes into a room. We don't, we don't get to see it, we just, we, we stay outside with Don Johnson and that as they're just waiting and we see like blood pour from under the door. <laughs> and blood she... and something else. And she comes, I assumed it was piss, but it looked like a lot of piss. So maybe it was just water. It's probably piss. And then blood started coming out after. Yeah, blood and piss. Uh, so comes, so it, it, it kind of sets up that even like these good guys are very brutal. Uh, at least the vigilantes uh, are. Like she wasn't holding back from that. Why they have masks? Mm. So. Uh, they get this cattle ranch, and we get this big scene where they're, they're, they're sneaking up in the cattle ranch. Uh, were you upset that the bad guys, the Rorschach, started just uh, plum- you know plummeting the minigun into all the cows? Oh, poor babies. Um, I have to admit, though, I did find it a little amusing that they were literally using cows for cover from, from gunfire. There was something just amusing about that image. Those cows, that was gory. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's actually kind of a neat way to have a lot of gore without actually hurting like people. You know, like it's it's almost like a like an innocent gore, if you will, if you will. Um, Go on. It's not real. It's not like they're shooting real cows here. Come on, it's, it's a special effect. Well, it's not like they shoot real people either in movies. I know, but some people, <laughs> some people, oh, it's, it's uh, harsh or it's whatever, right? You know, it's not actual like. I don't think cows being butchered is, is visually speaking is a is much of a par for conservative members of the the audience, if you will. Mm. No, just okay. I was making some sort of point. Um, don't worry, it's not real cows. Don't worry, this this isn't the seventies where the, where if an animal was on screen and got hurt, it was probably real because that was just the cheap, lazy way to do it. Yeah, I don't enjoy those either. Yeah, nobody enjoys those. No, no one does. Hell, even the director of Cannibal Holocaust went back and re-edited his own movie to take out all the animal cruelty, because he's like, you know what, we shouldn't have done that, so I'm going to do a new director's cut that takes it all out, and you can watch it this way now. Still had a lot of animal cruelty, but... (laughs) Yes, I agree. I've not seen it yet, myself. Um, If I ever ever do watch it, that'll be the cut I watch, because I I don't want to watch it. Yeah. Uh, You know I don't. (laughs) Yeah. But... 
Um, I mean, in the Watchmen, yeah, you're right. I know they're not real cows, and it was fine. Yeah. I mean, do you have a problem when people are getting... This is okay, of course. Yeah. But do you have a problem when people are getting ripped apart in movies? You have fun with that. No, it's awesome. <laughs> exactly. It's great. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, especially. Um, so uh the, the these guys are absolutely zealots though they're, they're taking like suicide pills uh so they can't get questioned and things like that um one of them dies a couple of, there's a cool little fight scene where she kind of runs into the little little sort of like bungalow whatever it is and kind of takes the guy on and uh some hand-to-hand combat um you know it's all right and then actually there's a little, little reveal here where you think judd and like this other woman who's like on comms who's wearing a mask you think oh they're just in a truck somewhere nearby until like some bad guys take off in a plane and and angela's like hey they're below you and i'm like below you and then you just see them like go to the cockpit of this thing and it's an old sh- it's an old ship and yeah uh, that was really cool not at last long i wonder but um i wonder what that means exactly though why they have it did the night owl like like donate his schematics for owl ships so the police force could make them or or maybe it's the same one if they only have one and this is literally night owls like that that's like unless we find out someone's connected to him that's like a main character or something i, I would say yeah, that's a bit of a that's what i was thinking coincidence um i would i assumed it was the same ship i don't think so i i think it was i think it's meant to be like these are standard issue across mm. the country that, that's my guess but i could be wrong you may be right uh but yeah it was so mission well still has the same flamethrower in the front <laughs> it does which they use on the plane and uh that's good fun uh yeah. and they're, they're well natured after he crashes uh and then we have a dinner scene where he sings oklahoma songs because he, he played one of the characters in high school and you know it's just, it's just, it's just this is all it's fun Don johnson he can sing this is kind of the fun character stuff that told me that he was probably dead by the end of the episode because <laughs> they were making me and there was that little thing where he was like taking cocaine like in the middle of dinner i thought that was a weird touch uh given that he's not around anymore because like what are we going to explore with that now just like you know maybe there'll be something with it know. but he uh i mean drugs were a big theme in uh in watchmen as well that's true so specter always smoked out of that pipe yeah so yeah didn't look like tobacco no but uh he uh he gets called out he's, he's kind of drunk he's with his wife we meet her her name is jane uh played by francis fisher who i've seen in a bunch of things she's one of those faces that pops up and yeah he uh, gets called out because the the, the the officer who was shot woke up and he he's going out he promises he won't drive but he drives anyway and i don't know if the the, the the officer really woke up or if this was like a call this call was fake uh, it may have been real and someone just ambushed him or the call itself was fake to lure him out i'm not sure which but uh there's spikes on the road to like stop his car and then there's a bright light and then we actually cut to angela with her husband they're having sex and it gets interrupted because the phone won't stop ringing and it's someone villainous who knows who she is like i know who you are um and this is where we find out she's got like a shotgun like hidden in the, the, the headboard of the bed um mm-hmm. Uh, the trap door was kind of cool. <laughs> uh, That's pretty cool. But she, uh, she goes out there. She's told not to wear a mask. She goes out to this tree, and he's been, he's been hanged. He's, uh, he's been out there. He's hanged. And the man in the wheelchair, who we didn't, we didn't really mention when he popped up. She, she, he popped up when she went to her bakery, which is kind of her back cave. She's got all of her gear, all of her vigilante gear in there. Yeah. And uh, fun little thing. Um, and he's like, no, nah, I did this. Um, and he's got the sign, it, 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 the, the the note rather, and it makes it kind of clear, this is who this is meant to be. This this is who he is. 
um why did he do this the boy it, from the beginning yeah. yeah and why did he do this if he did do it um is, is an interesting question um obviously the imagery of being uh hanged like this from a tree again is very racial it's, again it's kind of flipping things um and curious so uh, obviously there was the next time thing at I the end which gives us that a little bit. he has a past the uh don johnson's character yeah yeah maybe but i Either that or symbolic because he's the head of the the police in the area. Um, I'm not sure, but I, I definitely think this hundred and five year life is going to come into play. We're going to see like different parts of this life that he's had and see kind of mm-hmm. what led him to this kind of. Which is why I think it will probably be like their Black Freighter story, where right. we'll keep coming back to it maybe once per episode to see another little bit of it. Yeah, uh, oh, you said you kind of saw this coming. The whole. Um, him being hanged but i did not i was uh pretty thrown off by it yeah honestly it was i was really excited that don johns was going to be in the show and he was very heavily featured in the trailers as well it was it was definitely when he um if not before when he got that phone call and he was going to go meet the, the cop as like, okay he's dead I, I knew that's how the episode was ending i thought maybe captured i was sure. thinking something sinister but i did not think death yeah that's fair that's fair i thought don johnson was going to be in the whole season or at least more than one episode but yeah. they did start this it's worth mentioning though <laughs> before he leaves his house does it, it focuses on a photograph of him presumably it was him as a child uh with right. his with his parents or his father and his father who also looks kind of sinister like so yeah. and the maybe music... you're right maybe that's where the 105 year old man will yeah. come into play and the music Since is the, father, the music is very sinister as well so i think i think like his past it so i think we may even see more don johnson just in flashback maybe uh I hope so. Later on. I really like him, and I, I don't know. I want to see more of him. We didn't talk about Ozymandias. Well, no, I was that was a separate scene. I was going to go back. I, I didn't know what part of the episode that slotted in it because it was like just its own little thing. Um, right. So it, it is very. He's got a castle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's in a castle. He's just. Sounds fitting. And he's got a butler and a maid. Um, there's a very weird scene here where he. Like, he's naked, and the maid kind of pops up from under the desk, and I'm like, oh, okay, dirty old man. But it turns out that he's just getting, like, a massage on his thigh, because it's kind of tense. And Uh she points out that it's very tense, and he kind of says, oh, don't worry, you wire in, don't you worry about it. Um, And it's very casual, and then the butler comes in and, like, says, hey, do you want to get dressed? It's your anniversary. And it's like, okay. So, I don't know about you, but my, my inclination right now is that these two are robots. I... Either robots or like clones or some kind of experiment. Because they are not human. They're glitching. Whatever they are, they're not. They're they're glitching. They're not like because us. they give him a cake and the butler says, "Would you like to cut the cake?" And he turns to him and he's holding a horseshoe in his hand and he's like, "That's a horseshoe." And he's like, "Oh, sorry, would the knife be better?" And I'm like, "That's a robot. That is a robot glitching because he yeah, doesn't understand." That is not a- that's somebody who doesn't understand how the world works. Yes. So. <laughs> I'm excited about the Ozymandias having uh, having uh, having robots and having some <laughs> insane plan because the next time on the Westworlds, yeah, because cool. <laughs> the next time on after after the credits uh, looked very exciting and it looks like he had, he does have some insane plan to fix the world again uh, and we get obviously uh, Silk Spectre coming back played by Gene Smart who's with the FBI and all sorts of things. The season looks very eventful. I'm. I'm intrigued. Yeah. I'm intrigued. Yeah, me too. I, I'm going to let a cat I, in, so hold the fort. This, this show is not exactly what I thought it would be at all. 
it's uh, it's already after episode one showing me that I, I don't know where it's going to go in the future. And I'm excited to see how it unfolds. Um, obviously, it's pretty deep, pretty deep subject matter that we're dealing with. But those always make for good television. So, And Lindelof, to, to his credit, did some very interesting things on Leftovers when it came to religion. Like, again, it was a very difficult theme and subject that was explored. Yeah, I know that's a show that... Uh, a lot of people said I should watch one. I, I meant to do it. I don't know why I, I missed it. Yeah, it's, I mean it's only what twenty eight episodes, the whole thing. I mean, so it's, it's not. It's only three seasons, right? Yeah, it's not. It's and not. Two or three had quite a break, my understanding. Uh yes, yeah. There was yeah. There was like two years between two and three. Yeah, um. Mm-hmm. So it's not. It's not like a a big time commitment, but like I I think this sh- what that show did for like religion and belief and like uh, depression and those kind of themes it feels like this is going to do with politics and race and uh that kind of stuff and i i, I think because regina king was in the leftovers it's worth mentioning she was a big character in season two of the leftovers mm. uh so obviously that's someone who came back uh which we sometimes see when it comes to uh you know creators on tv shows sometimes they like to bring back some of the same cast members i mean she's great she's got an oscar and an emmy <laughs> oh she's very good uh she, she's a she's She's a very unconventional choice to lead a show, and I like that. I like that not just because of her, yeah. because of her race uh, or even her gender, because obviously, like you know, again, like still a sort of male-dominated world is the is the lead character kind of thing. Uh, although TV fares a little bit better than movies do, does, um, but also be, but also because of her age, because she's not like twenty-four. She's not like CW age. She's you know a You're middle-aged right. woman in her forties uh, with kids and a husband. Uh, it's a very different character to a lot of other... T- and again, it lines up with Watchmen because they, they were all kind... Oh, not all of them, but, you know, even, like... They were at least in their 30s. Most of them are in their 40s, with the exception of Silk Spectre. Yeah, I mean, but... She was the only one that was... And she was referred to as, like, the kid. Yeah, they were kind of... They were kind of, like, past their prime kind of thing, a lot of the characters in right. Watchmen. Um, so, again, interested to see it play with those different things and see what it's doing there. I'm very excited to see what the next episode does in terms of okay so now we've, we've established this it seems like there's going to be a bit of a mystery as to whether or not it was the seventh cavalry who did this to judd or if it was this old man or if it was like is he and if it was the old man is he working alone or is he part of some sort of group or entity uh no these are interesting questions that need to be what that note says yeah yeah so um i really had the first episode i'm i am mulling down uh for for watching the whole show oh yeah me too i'm excited to see what happens next um only nine episodes but nine that's episodes. all right yeah it takes us up to about christmasy time i think uh maybe just before um and then hbo have already kind of revealed what their next big drama is after that there's that uh sort of maybe supernatural murder mystery stephen king stephen king written yeah so yeah, that's Watchmen. That's Watchmen mm-hmm. episode one. So by all means, let us know what you think of the first episode in the comments below. Like and subscribe, all that stuff. Get us on the Twitters at mailed underscore fudge for channel updates. Uh, ding the bell on YouTube as well if you want to make sure you get notifications. Uh, you can support us by rating the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars. Helps more people find us. Uh, and as earlier on, Tara mentioned Patreon. You go to Patreon if you want to do it financially. Uh, and check out all the content we do uh, we obviously have a DC Comics podcast that I do with uh, Connor and Matt called Comics from the Multiverse if you want to get here that, uh, we review Doomsday Clock on that one issue left of that that's meant to be out right at the end of the year uh, we're very much looking forward to that it's been a great 
series to review as it's been going um so go and go and have a have a listen to that uh but that is us so thank you once again for watching or listening we always appreciate it keep watching tv guys have you got any vanilla <laughs>